Welcome to the WMKT Week in Review. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me for another edition of the Special Edition Interviews. One of the leading topics of conversations at a national level even has been education as far as what's being taught in schools, what's not being taught in schools, school safety, school choice. And so I thought it would be interesting to get a different perspective on that. And that's why I had on my guests for today, Dr. Brake and Andrew Moe. Dr. Brake is the current headmaster at St. Michael's, and Andrew Moe is going to be replacing him at the end of this school year. So I wanted to get their take on kind of the state of the current education system, and more importantly, kind of let them talk about St. Michael's and what makes that a unique education experience, because they have a very interesting outlook on their alternative and classical take on education. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. So one of the more notable reasons I had you guys in today is because Dr. Brake is leaving his position as headmaster and Andrew Moe is taking the reins. I do have specific questions for each of you. Um, So I kind of want to start off with uh, you, Dr. Brake. uh, What is the most impactful thing that you feel like you've accomplished during your time at St. Michael's? Yeah, great question. And thanks for having us. Uh, oh, of on. course. Really appreciate it. Uh, I think the, the, the main thing that I'm most proud of is that, uh, you know, there's this thing called classical education within a Catholic context. And uh, we can talk a little bit about what that means. But um, it's one thing to say you are something, and then it's another thing to actually be it. So I think that, you know, what I tried to do for these last four years is to kind of uh, say what we mean and mean what we say, right? And so I, th- I think that inside the schoolhouse, we are providing a really solid education, a not just a college preparatory education, but an education that's preparing these kids to s- kind of go out and spread the gospel. So I, I would call it an equivalent of a two-year uh, college program by the time they graduate uh, from our school. So that, that takes a lot of work. And it's not just me, but uh, one of the things I think I know how to do is hire the right people, uh, uh, hence uh, Mr. Mo. <laughs> uh, so the key to leadership is just delegate to good people, and then you don't have to do actually a whole lot. So, sure. so that really, I think, making it a really classical Catholic school, not just a name only, but actual, is I think that's the biggest accomplishment. So, Andrew, so your background as far as education and professional experience, you know, Dr. Brake said, you know, hiring good people. So what does that mm-hmm. look like? For, for me personally, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of my educational background has actually come from being at St. Michael High School. Um, but uh, it, it's kind of funny because the, the thing that St. Michael High School is doing right now is the thing that I wished I had had growing up, um, you know, in high school and in college both. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that I've experienced uh, at the school is that um, not only are we seeing this kind of transformative education being provided to, to young people, but also that the teachers who are there um, are as engaged in, uh, in the learning process, not just in terms of delivering it, but in terms of themselves actually growing in their education as well. Um, so that's been uh, that's just been an awesome experience for me, and I'm I'm so happy to be able to continue it. But you have some credentials, right, Andy? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I uh, I uh, studied theology and philosophy and Latin in uh, for my undergrad, and I have a master's degree in theology as well. 
So um, that's been primarily what I've been bringing to uh, to the school in my time there. Um, and I've been really happy to be able to uh, uh, dip my toes into uh, some, you know, things like Renaissance Lit and things like that as well. Sure. So, Dr. Break, your future plans, are you kind of going behind the scenes or is this more of a retirement overall for you? No, no, I don't think my wife would like me to retire. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, I love teaching and I love uh, I love teaching. Ch- trying to create more opportunities for this type of education because I think the country really, really needs it. So my immediate plans is to help uh, the school fundraise. Uh, so we're, I'm going to kind of get out on the road after I take a vacation here and, uh, you know, try to because, you know, one of the big issues is affordability for uh for for families you know obviously right. <laughs> I, uh, uh, we didn't think they would gas price would be five bucks but i mean even without the five dollar gas and the inflation mm-hmm. uh the biggest i think hurdle for families i think there's a lot of families who would love to to give us a shot but they're just worried about whether they can afford it or not so right we want to we want i want to go out there and get some scholarship money so anybody who wants to come to st Ma- and that i would say that's one of the big uh takeaways that we would like to have uh uh, your listeners understand is that you know the, uh, we don't turn anybody down for ability to pay. We'll find a way to to help you afford uh, a St. Michael education. So that's Perfect. what I want to be doing. Yeah, and that's actually a question that I had for you later. We can go a little sure. bit further in depth. Uh, sure. But Andrew, it's kind of a twofold question for you. What's something you're looking forward to continuing as you um, you know take the lead position at St. Michael's, and then what is something you're looking forward to kind of implement as you bring a fresh set of eyes to the leadership of the school? Mm-hmm. You know, we've um, earlier, you know, Rich was talking about how um, one of his uh, key accomplishments was making the high school like true to what it claims to be right. A a, a Catholic classical high school. Um, And uh, I am really interested in in uh, obviously continuing to, to maintain that identity. And even to, um, I think, maybe beef it up in, in some ways, um, you know, I, I think that one area that I'm, I'm looking at as, as weird and eclectic as it may sound is um, using actually more Latin um, mm. over, like, across the whole curriculum. Because it's, a, it's a, a key part of what a classical curriculum uh, uh, does. And um, I think... Uh, kind of normalizing that across the curriculum is going to make those language skills even stronger in our students. Um, I think going forward, maybe, um, <clears throat> boy, that's a, a great question. It's one that I haven't thought so much about yet. Um, I'm I'm really happy to have uh, received from Rich, be receiving from Rich, um, just such a uh, a quality setup uh, right now. I'm I'm sure that somewhere there is a gap. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what that would be. Sure. So we've spoken before, Dr. Brake and I, um, over the phone about what it means to be part of the Chesterton Academy. Mm. Um, That was for my Sunday show, and we're a little bit more limited in time there. And now we have, you know, pretty much as much time as we need. Um, I'd I'd like to revisit that and maybe kind of expand upon that, what it is and why it's so important in your eyes for your school to be a part of that program. Right. And I guess there you really are talking about what is a classical education. And so uh, really quickly, uh, I think the the thing that makes a a classical approach distinct is uh, that we, we read the great books. And so these are books that have stood the test of time. A lot of them are college level, you know, Aristotle, Plato, Aquinas, Shakespeare, Federalist Papers, things of that sort. 
So um, what the Chesterton Network, this is a, a network of classical Catholic schools that were started about 10 years ago in Minneapolis. And then and I don't think they were thinking about creating a network. It's just a lot of, lot of uh, communities. Like, oh, my gosh, this is a great school. Can you help? And then uh, one thing led to another, and they said, well, why don't we license this thing? And, and, and so we pay a licensing fee to Chesterton, and that's where we get our curriculum from. Because uh, there's different kind of ways of doing, you know, you can select different books and all of that. But all, you know, Socratic method and, um, you know, kind of a, um, an emphasis on primary uh, text, all that kind of is the same. But, you know, if you're trying to start a school and hire people and raise money and prom- and get enrollment, sometimes, you know, like, it takes a long time to, to draft sure. a curriculum. And so they that's what they provide. It's, and it's great. And so, you know, I think when we joined, um, most Chesterton schools start from scratch. This school had already started. So we were kind of just adopting their curriculum. Sure which is a little bit of a different thing. But I think there's like, I think there's probably seven or eight schools like us in the network. But now, uh, I think when we joined, there were 10. Now, they're going to have 50. Uh, there's a new one in Jackson, Michigan starting. Escanaba just started one this year. There's discussions about maybe something in Saginaw and uh, Lansing. So uh, they're popping up, not just in Michigan, but all over. Because I think, you know, um, uh, parents want a, a school that reflects their values. And I think that's a, another big part of what we're up to. So Sure. I was touring your guys' website, and I saw a section titled, titled The House System. Yeah. You want to... Explain kind of how that works. Yeah, and you know, um, some some people kind of. <laughs> I'm thinking of a couple people in particular. Oh, don't say this, but um, the easiest way to describe it is that uh, if anyone knows anything about Harry Potter, right? You have you have you know Slytherin and mm-hmm. and uh, du- what. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so th- these are house. These are houses that you uh, each each student is kind of put in, and it, it, it and it's a re- really kind of a student uh, leadership and uh, discipline and achievement kind of model. So you go into a house, and there's prefects. So there's a leadership structure. Uh, the idea is that eventually the kids are going to help run the school, right? Because uh, that's really, we want to create ladies and gentlemen who are mature and adults, mm-hmm. right? And so that helps with that. And then there's, you know, merits and demerits and a lot more merits than demerits, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of happened. Um, so it's, and I think this is the first year where we've implemented that uh, part of the Chester and model. So now we're like fully integrated. The, uh, the brand, the uniform, everything, right? So I think our, our four houses are Augustine, so St. Augustine, so they're by saints, and then uh, St. Ambrose, so th- those two are Western uh, church leaders, and then Athanasius and Chrysostom are saints from the Byzantine rite. So, um, you know, a little inside baseball there, but the bottom line is that you kind of it's a kind of a team spirit type of thing. So we're going to give out our first house cup, uh, this uh, this uh, this week, uh, so it's exciting, and so that's that's the, that's the idea. Very nice. This is a question, kind of for both of you, if you want to give your input. I saw some of your billboards around Petoskey said sure. critical thinking, not critical theory, referring to critical race and critical gender theory that a lot of parents are worried that's being taught. Right. Um, are you varying, viewing parents' disgruntled nature towards the state of the public school system as almost a positive, as an opportunity for your school to gain more students? Yeah, I mean yeah, that's kind of hard because you you don't want to. You don't want to wish ill on anybody. And, you know, let me let me back up a little bit because there might be some confusion about the, the, those billboards, because, you know, the first thing is 
uh, what is critical race theory? And I, I obviously we don't want to spend all, uh, the whole time talking about that. But there's a difference between looking at race in terms of how it affected American society, which, of course, not only do we do, but we tackle head on. I mean, the beautiful thing about the Catholic Church and its teachings is that, you know, it's a sin to uh, judge people by some kind of intrinsic uh, characteristic that they have nothing to do with. Right. Uh, you, you know, what did what did Martin Luther King say? Uh, judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And so race is not only I would call it especially slavery. It's the original sin of of the American Republic. And we've been paying a dear price for it really since the founding of the country. So there's no way you can teach American history and American culture without saying, look, that was wrong. That was wrong. And that's had huge impact on how we it's, been, it's prevented us from being a more perfect union. Right now, critical race theory, I think, is almost the it's almost the opposite of what King's vision is, which is now uh, these intrinsic characteristics are like like just because I'm a white man, Irish Catholic, somehow I was responsible for whatever sins somebody with my same melatonin has in, 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 in my body. Well, I, I just reject that out of hand, right? And so, you know, if we're going to have a conversation about that, I would love to sit down in a kind of a really good, you know, kind of a, a deliberative format and talk about what is critical race theory, but then how do you teach race well, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, now to the billboard. What we're trying to do there is that um, if, if, if there are people in this community that do not want their a kid to be judged solely by the color of their skin or their or their class. There's a class component to this critical race theory too. Uh, or how about gender and then the kind of you know uh, questions about all of that. If 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 you just want kind of a straight no chaser, what happened in this country? Good, bad, and indifferent. That's that's the education we're providing. So that's critical thinking, right? Saying, okay, how do we evaluate the American experience, right? And so that's what we're trying to do. And if you want that, then I think St. Michael is the is the place for you. And if you're not getting it from somebody from another school, obviously, first the first thing to do is to try to fix it from within. But if you're not getting any kind of help there, then then maybe give us a shot. Sure. Yeah. So. I don't know, Andy, of, do you want, did you want to say anything on that? No, well, you know, I, I, I just say that I think one, um, one really important facet of what we're doing is we're treating the parent as being the primary educator. And um, mm, right. so, you know, in, in, we, we've kind of heard a lot of horror stories throughout the, the country over the last number of months about, you know, places where the, um, the school is, you know, indoctrinating the kids and the parents are, are sort of brought in at the end saying, like, you taught my kid what? And so here we want uh, not only to have the parents very involved in the kid's education, but we also want to recognize that, like, no, first and foremost— Educating the child is is your prerogative, and you're kind of partnering with us to do that in in this way that um, that is, is kind of unique. Um, so you know more than um, you know. Obviously, we're not you know we're not trying to like you know profiteer on anybody else's um, you know misfortune, but we we certainly want to put it out there that like you know we we want to put the parent in the driver's seat yeah. and show them what we're doing um, and uh, and let them kind of take charge. Well, sure. and, and Latin, you know, in loco parentis, mm-hmm. you know, in, you know, we are the parent uh, in abstentia for those, those eight hours of the day. 
and for for better for wor- you know better for or for worse, we probably are with the kids more sometimes than the parent is. Sure. And so you know that parent needs to be comfortable with the kind of and it's not just kind of the content of the curriculum. It's the it's the character. It's the the moral structure. It's modeling virtue. And so you know. Uh, how many? How, how much do you really remember from? Like I, I'm remembering Mr. Harris, sixth grade teacher. I mean, I remember a few things he taught me, but I remember Mr. Harris. I remember what a great man he was, and that I wanted to be him. Right. So that's a big part of it as well. Too. Right. Thanks so. for answering that part, by the way, Andrew, because that was mm-hmm. kind of my next mm-hmm. add-on question: is how how involved are the parents in comparison to like a public school? Because that's and that's another portion, especially yes. parents are worried that they can't, you know, stop certain elements of education or have a say in the curriculum. So yeah. how, how does that play into yeah. you guys? Well, here's the bottom line. Our school doesn't work without parents. I mean, parents are on our board. Parents help fund the school. Parents, um, some of them teach, right? I mean, a big part of the reason why this school was founded is that there were, there were people in this community, some of them with educational expertise, others in other careers that said, look, we have, we have the skill set to start a school. But I mean, when you then when you do it, it's like, oh my gosh, I I, I had no idea <laughs> right. how hard it is. So like I remember, uh, there was a prospective parent say, "Do you do you allow us into your school?" Mm-hmm. And I kind of I joked, I said, "No, our problem is that we won't let you out because <laughs> <laughs> sure. we really need uh, parents helping in all aspects of of, mm-hmm. of, of the now you know." That means that they're involved, right? <laughs> right? Which means that you know th- there has to be some certain boundaries that are put in there and all that. Because you know I'm not going to go in there uh, if he's a dentist, the parent. I'm not going to tell him how to do root canal, right? Right. On the other hand, I need you know if if he, if he's a good dentist, he wants to get some feedback about how he's doing, and we want that from our our parents as well. Sure. Yeah. Um. I if Andrew can answer this question mm-hmm. first, but um, it's there might be a lot to talk about here, so it might go to. Both sure, of you. So sure. you hear people say, I want my schools to teach my children uh, how to think, not what to think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's even been pushback on that as far as um, simply break it down. There's right and wrong facts and reality. Two plus two does equal four. Mm. So in essence, you in some aspects of education, you are teaching kids what to think as mm. well. Right. Do you think that it's possible to teach kids only how to think not what to think or are you more concerned with teaching kids what to think but those things that you think that are what you believe to be correct yeah so um the classical curriculum um kind of addresses this with something called the trivium right um and so every subject is taught in in kind of three parts so we start with the grammar and then we move into logic and then finally rhetoric so what does that what does that basically mean well grammar would be sort of those bare facts Right. There there's a certain number of, of things that you can't do. We can't have a discussion if we don't like have a common vocabulary, for example. So we're going to start with that. We're going to start with the grammar of the subject. And that can extend to, you know, beyond literature, obviously. Um, but that can be like, well, what are what's the grammar of science? Right. Let's talk about, mm. you know, atoms, protons, neutrons, electrons, things like that. Um, then the logic piece um, is where we learn to take those those bare facts and we learn to put them in a sensible order, right? And and so that's a really important step because right now we have a, a real problem in society where we don't even recognize that there is such a thing as order, right? We don't really recognize that there is such a thing as truth. Well, this is really the, the thing that we want to help 
students recognize, right, that there is such a thing as truth. And when we um, when our minds conform to reality, then we've actually come in contact with that truth. And so um, when we lay out the um, the elements of of grammar logically, and we can see that those things are laid out in accordance with what we see outside of ourselves, right, in the real world. Well, then we've we've come in contact with truth. And then finally, when we come to order the um, when we come to to present what um, what we've done logically, you know, in an ordered way, in a in a beautiful persuasive way. Well, now we've we've gotten into rhetoric. Um, and so anyway, sort of a, a long winded way of, of trying to get at. Um, well, can you teach uh, a student how to think without just really saying, well, actually, I'm just going to replace the thing that you've already been taught to think with something that I like better. Well, we that's another uh, another element of, of this curriculum, apart from uh, the what, you know, presenting things with the, the grammar, the logic and the rhetoric, also presenting them in a Socratic method. We're trying. So I've, I've been having a, a sort of. Um, humiliating, but ultimately very <laughs> fruitful project in the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm building a chicken coop. I don't I don't build things. <laughs> I'm not good at that at all, right? And um and I've been doing a lot of it um sort of on my I mean I got I got my my uh, instructions online whatever, but um like I'm figuring out how does this saw work? How like you know what's the best way to swing a hammer? All this stuff. So. You know, somebody for a lot of this stuff could have come alongside me and said, like, make the cut there, drive the screw there. And I would have done it and it would have come together. But I wouldn't have had any better understanding about how these materials work together. Right. So one way that the Socratic method tries to work and sorry, I'm, I'm going really oh, long. Oh, no, this, it's all good. But uh, one way the Socratic method works is um, rather than me simply telling you this is so we're going to go back and forth. We're going to have a discussion about these things. And I'm going to try to draw out of you um, the, um, I, like, I'm going to try to get you to show me what reality outside of your mind actually looks like. So you can come in contact with that truth and say, oh, I just discovered this. And it's sort of like me trying to figure out, like, you know, when I line up this board and this board and have this angle and it all works. Oh, look, I've just discovered mm -hmm. that, you know. 22.5 degrees here and 22.5 degrees here. Hey, look at that. I've got a roof. Do you think that's one of the important elements that might be missing from other schools is that ability to have a discussion within the classroom yeah, of yeah. those ideas? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Andy, you want to go? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that there's some uh, some degree of discussion. I think we do it. We do it a, a little bit uniquely. I think we do it. Um, I think we do it really well. Um, because, you know, we're, we're trying to like, what is, what does it mean to educate? Educare, to lead out of, to lead forth, right? We're trying to lead a student from, from one place to another. So we, we've got an end goal in mind, but we're not just like throwing in the answers into the gap. Um, and I think that's one strength of the Socratic method. Um, and that's something I think St. Michael High School does that's really right. well. Well, thinking about Socrates himself. A great platonic dialogue, Meno, and uh, you know Socrates did not want to be called a teacher because teachers back then were basically ideologues that were trying to kind of persuade the 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 the, the, the teenagers of uh, powerful men in the city how to how, what to do, and so you know things haven't changed all that much in a couple thousand years, and so he he hated the word teacher, and see, but he thought that the only thing he wanted to he was a questioner, ask the right questions, and then. His theory is that 
what you know is already in there. All the job of the teacher or the questioner is to pull it out. And so, and there's also kind of a humility to that too. I mean, getting back to your original question about, you know, um, facts versus values, right? Is it a value education? Is it a facts-based education? I mean, we reason from facts and to facts, right? You got to have those facts down first before we can make some judgments about whether an action is moral or immoral or all of that, right? Now, we believe that we've got a, a structure within the Catholic Church that can judge those. You know, we believe in original sin. We believe there are deadly sins. We believe there are virtues, that can also lead people to, you know, we're, you know, we have capacity for great good because we're made in the side and image of God, right? Give you an example. So I'm thinking out loud, um, you know, um, Abraham Lincoln, Emancipation Proclamation. He only frees the slaves in the states that were in rebellion. So in the four states that had not seceded, slavery is still going on. Now, that's a fact, right? Now, reason from it, okay, is Lincoln... It should, should, should we tear Lincoln's statue down because he didn't free all the slaves when he, when he, when, when he could have, right? Well, history's kind of messy, isn't it? And so should we condemn him? Should we judge him by the standards of his own day? Or are there, is there an eternal standard of justice that we should evaluate his own? So those are the kinds of debates that we could have in a classroom. And, and is, there a, is there one kind of solid answer? I don't know. But it's the great conversation that's been going on from time eternal. And that's what we want to engage our kids in. It's, it's what makes teaching fun for us as educators. And you know the other uh, cohort that we're teaching? We're teaching the parents. Because you know, we, we hear this a lot. They, these kids go to the dinner table and they're talking about stuff. It's like, whoa. I remember it was funny. There was a uh, I was teaching logic to some eighth graders and talking about logical fallacies and red herrings, and Dad was talking and goes, "Dad, that was a red herring, right?" He's like, "Stop teaching them that stuff, right?" right? right. <laughs> but no, I mean, parents make parents think illogically too sometimes. So sure. So you might have previously answered this question with that um, that like kind of three part level of teaching, starting with the facts and the mm-hmm, logic mm-hmm. and the rhetoric. How do you handle testing? Because a lot of it is just you know regurgitating facts that were thrown at them. You want to take that one first? Yeah. Yeah. So you know a um, a you're never going to get away from you know you need to know these dates, you need to know these names, that kind of thing. Um, so the like those would be like demonstrate to me that you have mastered the grammar of of this subject. So that's that's all good. Um, at at the higher level though, where we're we're looking for real comprehension, um, you you can't really beat um, the the long form written answer. Um, that's really where you're going to demonstrate that you know not only do I I know the you know the dates the names the the concepts but I know how they relate to one another and I, I know what they mean when they're put all together I understand Doctor Brake you write tests sometimes don't you <laughs> so you know I mean you know the, the, there's a critique of of conventional education that's kind of the tyranny of the worksheet so you just hand a kid a worksheet and then they and then they put it, and then you can scan it, and then it's pretty easy to grade, right? Uh, so all my tests are written tests. And so uh, this, I, I just got this from my history teacher from elementary school. Use the test to take the test, right? So terms, short answers, and then an essay. And so you should be talking almost amongst to yourself as you're writing this. But the joke is, you know, when they take Dr. Brakes, it goes in like an indent on your finger, yeah, yeah. right? Because like it actually hurts. Permanent nerve damage. Because they're riding so much. And so, and you know, like it, 
that's even a victory, right? The kids to be able to write and they uh, complete sentences, Dr. Brake. And I said, is there anything else? Uh, the, the sentence by its very nature is complete, right? <laughs> sure. uh, so anyway, so yeah, it's now like math. I mean, it's hard to write an essay about, you know, the quadratic equation. Maybe you could. I don't know. Um, so the quadrivium, that's geometry and, math, uh, and, and mathematics and astronomy, the sciences, and music is actually thrown into there. That's a different skill set. But, and so it's, it's, it's tested a little bit differently. Sure. So, yeah. So the, one of the main questions of, like, do you have to be Catholic to attend? No. No, and you don't even have to believe in God. Okay. Right. So how do you handle that in the, in your, you know, cause you, you are in a very deeply Catholic format. Yeah. Yeah. So well, if the kid was Protestant. Or yeah. And Jewish we have, and or, we've, we have mm-hmm. Protestants. Uh, we don't, we haven't had uh, 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 someone from the Hebraic faith, but uh, Muslim who, I mean, we, we take all comers. Mm-hmm, sure. and, and, and the reason for that is that there are different avenues towards the truth. You know, I, one way of thinking about our curriculum is that we take kids through Athens, Jerusalem, Rome, and because we're English speakers, London. And then all that kind of gets put together in Philadelphia with our republic, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, Athens, you know, that's, that's Greek philosophy. These were quote-unquote pagans, right? Uh, but they, were a pro- they, they believed that there was truth and it was uh, kind of uh, human beings could discern it through, through reason. Now, we could have debate about where that comes from. You know, we believe it's God-given. And it was revealed through Christ as a man, who was also God, right? So, and we're not going to like have a different class for someone who's not Catholic, right? Sure. They're going to get thrown into the mix, and um, but we're going to respect them as individuals for people who can think for themselves. Uh, now, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that our job is to try to spread the gospel and spread the faith, okay? But there's a lot of people that just want a better education for their kid. They want rigor. They want small class sizes. They want a place where you're not a you're not a number but a name. Um, so it's all it, it takes all it takes all types, and that's where you know, small C Catholic means universal. Sure. So I think we, we we I would like to think that we're a universal school. Yeah, and sure. and I think whether um, whether you know Catholic um, by faith or you know this small C Catholic, you know one thing that that we're going to do is we're going to appeal to reason at all times. Um, you know, I've, I've taught a number of theology classes at St. Michael, and um, I'm very fond of reminding our students that you don't check your brain at the door um, when we're having, um, when we're doing theology, and you don't check your faith at the door when we're doing science. Um, and it, so there's, there's not really um, any, any element of the education that St. Michael is offering where people of other faith or no faith are going to say, well, I'm just being asked to accept a lot of things because, like, the Catholic Church says that I should. That's not an element of our curriculum. Um, and as, as Dr. Brake was alluding to earlier, we're inviting students to be part of the great conversation, right? And, and there's something really great about that because, you know, as you mentioned, these, these pagan Greeks um, were, were having these deep philosophical conversations that eventually in the Christian era— became sort of the skeleton upon which a lot of, of Christian theology would be hung. You know, how are we going to talk about, not to get too uh, deep in the theological weeds here, but how are we going to talk about um, what Jesus is? Well, the early church decided, well, you know, the Greek philosophers had a really good way of distinguishing between nature 
and person. And we should use that distinction to help us understand that Jesus is a divine person with human and divine nature. So we see that that all of these all these things are are brought together. And I'm not trying to say that people are going to be, you know, asked to assent to the the divinity of Christ or <laughs> something like that. But just to show that these things aren't um they're not in like these airtight compartments um but uh but rather um, the the whole thing is going to be infused with faith, and you know, for for a, a people who believe, you know, the statement that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Well, we're going to be as as eyes wide open to whatever is true mm-hmm. as uh, as anybody else. Yeah, our uh, you know, Saint Michael is an angel; he has wings. So we like to say that it's the two wings of faith and reason, mm-hmm. and they can be integrated together. Sure. So. Um, so- as I alluded to earlier, we were talking about the affordability. So yeah. parents might prefer their child to attend a private school like St. Michael's, but keep them in public school because they don't think they can afford it. Right. Uh, what would you say to those uh, parents, and what accommodations do you guys make um, for those that are looking at your yeah. school? So the, uh, uh, the sticker price is 7500 a kid, and then it's eleven five for two kids, and the third kid's free. So that's good in and of itself. So we have multi-kid discounts right off the bat. And then you, if you can't afford 7500 for one kid or, or the, the 115 for two, then you can apply for financial aid. It's very similar to like how you would do a college, right? A financial aid form. And so we work, there's an, a, a kind of a, a data a system called FACTS. And so you, you submit your tax return and then it, it goes through a process. And we use that as a mod, you know, we're not bound by it. We, we're a private independent school, so we have a board and we make those decisions. So on average, uh, the individual kid on average pays about $4,000. So some pay more, some pay less, depending sure. upon their ability to pay. Uh, we have a minimum standard of $1,800 that a, a family will pay per kid. So, okay. so it's, it's a range. And then, you know, you're thinking, okay, how do you, how do you pay teachers and how do you make, keep mm-hmm. the lights on? It's because there's a lot of very generous people that want these kinds of schools to exist. So we would not exist unless there were people who were just giving freely because they want these kids to, uh, to have a better education so, and a better fo- formation of their souls. And that really is part of it, too. It's not just the mind. It's not just the body. It's the soul. Because we also have athletics. You got you to attend to the whole person. But, yeah, mm-hmm. bottom line is uh, if you want to come to our school, we will move heaven and earth and we'll get you in. Sure. So. Uh, have you not tracked is not the right word, but been able to follow alumni and how they do yeah. universities and out in the job force? Yeah, yeah. So we this was our sixth graduation this year. Okay, so we've had our first uh, that they've graduated from wherever they went. Okay, okay. So I'm just thinking out loud. We've got uh, someone who graduated in nursing is going into nursing. There's a uh, a gentleman who just joined the Marines in their officer corps. Uh, there's another gentleman that's got a good job in a welding company. So that's another thing about us. Mm-hmm. We believe that if you're going to get an equivalent of a two-year college degree from St. Michael, maybe you don't want to go to more college, quote-unquote, four-year liberal arts or whatever. Maybe you want to like, get a, a tech degree and move on, right? So uh, all of our graduates have gone on to some form of uh, of post high school training, most of them in four year schools. So Hillsdale is a, is a destination, Steubenville and Franciscan University, Michigan State, Michigan Tech, Rose Hulman, Purdue University, Ball State, 
Ave Maria down in Florida. So it's a kind of a mix of some schools that kind of have a religious bent, some sure. schools that, you know, maybe it's a technical school, like a, an engineering school. So we've had a fair number of, of, of kids like that. So it's, it's a mix, right? And so, but all of them have gotten into the school of their choice, except for one. They wanted to go to Notre Dame and they got waitlisted. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, um, they, they waitlisted me too, and I'm not bitter about it at all. <laughs> Great. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, and they've all gotten really good scholarships too. Some of them full rides, at least half. So, I mean, that's, that's a worry for parents. Will they, le- will they leave my basement? <laughs> right. uh, they do. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah. Uh, so Andrew is like the incoming headmaster. How can parents who are listening, who are interested in the edu- educational experience that you're offering, how can they find out more and kind of start the process to see if your school is right for them? Well, uh, one thing they can certainly do is they can uh, just get in contact with the school. We've got um, all of our contact info at stmichaelchesterton.org. Um, I'm not set up with the, I'm, I'm so new that I don't yet have like my, my contact info, Sure, but, um, uh, we do, um, we do tours, we do shadowing and you know, I think it's really important for parents to be able to sit down with the, the people who are, um, I I was going to say the people who are educating their children, but really it's, it's a little bit more than that. Like you're not just dropping your kid off and, uh, and, you know, assuming the best, right? We, we want for parents to feel not only comfortable, but, but um, enthused about the education their child is receiving and to feel like they're really a partner in that and they're, they're, they're giving us a, a role to play. So um, I, I think the, the first thing should be just, you know, call the office, make an appointment, and, uh, you know, I or Dr. Bray would love to sit down and, and have a chat. Of course. School safety has been on the mind mm. due to recent events. How do you guys handle that? We lock the doors. Okay. And, uh, and no kid is, I mean, there's no wandering around. Um, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, but in a small school, everyone knows everybody else. Right. right? And so uh, uh, whether it's a study hall or, or a class, uh, the, the, the kid is, 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 is watched. And, uh, you know, we do drills and things of that nature. And, um, you know, God forbid if something awful occurred, right, in terms of somebody coming in. But, you know, um, we've we've done uh, the, the state police a couple of years ago came in and gave us some briefings about how to harden. I was uh, harden the school and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Um, I was in the military for 14 years. So, you know, you got to think about avenues of approach. Where's where's the shooter, maybe or some sure. uh, some disgruntled person might come in and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, just like every school, there's a the intercom system. We have cameras so that we're tracking mm-hmm. the, uh, the ingress and egress of uh, the different parts of our, of our building. Yeah, sure. And I think the big thing is nobody enters the building without being buzzed in, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we, you know, kind of get a, get a size you up before you walk in the door. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. I almost hate asking that question, but it's so, you know, no, no, absolutely. You know, these days. absolutely. So. so as we wrap up, is there any exciting news or information that you'd uh, like to share with the public? Well, um, I mean, I, I think that whole affordability issue, if I could just re- repeat that mm-hmm. again, I think a lot of people just think, oh my gosh, it's a, pri-. I mean, there's just not a lot of private school options up here. So people just aren't used to it. Sure. And so, um, you know, if you, if, if this school was being done downstate, um, 10, 11, 12, 13, probably is the price tag mm-hmm. easy. Sure. Right. So this is actually a really good product. Uh, I, again, I think it's almost like a college faculty that's teaching your teaching your kids. I mean, the big, the big announcement is that, 
we've got a great new headmaster coming in. And then, you know, somebody who actually has tried to uh, establish kind of a, a high le- a, a culture of excellence within the building myself. You know, I, I now have, uh, you know, I, I know the product. And so I'm going to go out on the Huskings and try to get more, uh, more support for the school. Uh, you know, I think long term we're looking at, you know, we know that the building that we're in now will not be able to satisfy. I mean, you know, we don't have a gym. We, we don't have a, a theater. You know, we're we're making do the best that we can. And in some ways, we're kind of like the early church. You know, we're just mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're pretty we're poor. We have <laughs> in that sense. Uh, but, you know, what what is, you know, what do people want? Do they want they, do they want a place with all the bells and whistles? But then, you know, you're not really sure what's going on inside those classrooms all the time. So but our vision in five years is to break ground on a new on a, on a new campus. And that's what we, that's and that's that's going to be something that I'm going to want to try to start as a as a capital campaign. So it's in the very infancy of it. But that would be mm-hmm. something that because I think people are like, OK, is this just a school that's going to just going to hover around the 40, 50 kid range and just kind of be for the people that are just, you know, sort of super Catholic or something. We, I think, we think that this is a school that, that each community really, really needs. Sure. And so, so that's the, to me, that's the announcement, I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, just a, I, I would hate for anybody to have the impression that like St. Michael high school is a, is a private school and you know, there's some kind of elitism that's, that's associated with that. Um, you know, we we read the great books. So look at that. You have to be not only super wealthy, but also super smart to to flourish here. And, you know, to that, I would say that um, we're trying to um, we're trying to expose students to the very best that has ever been. Uh, what is it? You know, said, thought, written and to give them a chance to to engage in that. And um, it's it's hard. It's admittedly hard. But, um, you know, we're not throwing it out. We're reading, um, uh, you know, original texts, but we're, you know, we're not reading Aristotle in Greek yet. Um, <laughs> sure. But, um, yeah. you know, here's, here's the, the takeaway, right? Um, it's better worth the time to read, uh, to read a, a great book and to, you know, fight tooth and nail to get into it than to be able to completely digest, um, you know, the Twilight series, you know. Um, so uh, what what we have, what I'm trying to get around to is that what we have is something that's for everybody. Right. And uh, and we want everybody to feel like um, uh, St. Michael High School is for them. Well, Dr. Brake, Andrew Mo, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you thank very you. much. Appreciate it.